Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, Greg Frank here. Find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at Undercover Greg. Give the podcast a follow as well at full underscore slate underscore pod. But a little bit of a different podcast for you this time around. No picks, just going to get a feel for what things are like on the other side of the counter leading up to the big game as we're just nine days away from Super Bowl 55 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We caught up with Johnny Avello, the DraftKings Director of Race and Bookmaking Operations, as he gives us all the intel on where they're at and what they're seeing as far as wagers that have already come in, side, total, and prop markets, all explored here on Full Slate. We hope you enjoy. Blue Lion. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods? Fickle butt. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. It's a special edition of the pod today as it's the week in between conference championships and the Super Bowl. So not as much to talk about in the way of picks. We'll certainly get more into that as we get closer to the big game. But we wanted to get a little intel from the other side of the counter. And instead of listening to our average handicapping advice, we want to go on the other side, as I said, and we welcome on Johnny Avello, the sportsbook director at DraftKings, to join us on this episode and run through some of the key stuff regarding what they've seen so far with Super Bowl 55. Johnny, thanks a lot for your time. We appreciate having you aboard. Hi, Greg. Uh, thanks for having me on. So first off, you know, on a more personal level, just take me through a little bit on to what got you into the position you're at and what you like the most about uh, being the sportsbook director at DraftKings? Well, I could take up all the time just explaining <laughs> my my career, but I'll, I'll make it brief. I uh, I came to Las Vegas in 1979. Um, I I had an education in all the games and management of table games, so that was kind of my first stop, and I lasted there about five or six years. Then then I moved over to race and sports. Uh, back in 1985. Uh, various jobs started off at the bottom again because I wanted to learn the business from the ground up. So 
I wrote tickets. I supervised. I was an admin. Uh, eventually became an odds maker. Worked at uh, the Sands Hotel for about four years. Worked at Bally's for 15 years, and, and then eventually ended up at my career at Win as the uh, director of race and sports operations. Uh, left there in 2018. Uh, was recruited by Matt Kalish, one of the owners of DraftKings, and uh, happy to happy I made the move and love where our company is right now. Yeah, and let's just talk a little bit about the future of sports betting. Obviously, we've seen it really take off the last few years with more and more states legalizing, and obviously your company, DraftKings, has been at the forefront of this discussion. Uh, how optimistic are you and how happy are you looking back on just, as you said, how happy you've been to be with DraftKings? How happy are you about just kind of the strides the industry has made the last few years and how optimistic are you about where it's headed? Well, Jersey was the first state for us, and uh, we did really well in Jersey and continue to do really well in Jersey. And as we add on states, uh, you know, we just added two on this past weekend. Um, we added on Michigan, and we added on Virginia. So two in a weekend, which is not easy to do. Um, takes a lot of manpower. It takes a lot of dedication. And that's what we have from the team from DraftKings. Everybody is dedicated to continuously move forward and do all the things we need to do uh, to grow. Um, so I'm really optimistic on where we're going. And I was optimistic when I came on board. Uh, I knew it would be a little it'd be a slower process at first to get, you know, accumulate states. But now they seem to be coming on like, you know, five, six a year. So uh, I don't think I don't see any stopping us now. Certainly good to hear as we're talking with Johnny Avello here on Full Slate, the director of race and bookmaking operations at DraftKings. And as you said, I'm sure we could talk for a while. I'd love to pick your brain more about your career and your stops, but let's get more into, and, and, and certainly we could talk more about the future of sports gambling, but let's get more into Super Bowl 55 now. Uh, and I just kind of want to get a feel for where you guys are at. Obviously, uh, Tampa Bay and Kansas City, I have to think, regardless of the shop, there's got to be a lot of liability here on preseason Super Bowl futures tickets. Tampa Bay being a very trendy pick once Tom Brady took his talents down to the state of Florida. And, of course, the Chiefs being the defending Super Bowl champions are always going to garner a lot of tickets. Why don't you take us through a little bit about where you guys are at regarding the futures uh, that were placed before the season started? Yeah, so when Tom Brady came on board uh, in April for Tampa Bay, you know, we were sitting at about 18, 20 to one for the future book for Tampa to win the, uh, the Super Bowl. And we took a lot of money. Uh, yeah. people thought that Tom Brady moving over to Tampa, you know, in place of, uh, you know, uh, Winston was going to be, uh, you know, make the difference. Um, and it did, it turned out that way, but, uh, you know, who thought, really thought that Tom Brady would take him to the Super Bowl again? We all thought he could make him a better team. But those betters are being rewarded. Uh, Tampa Bay is our biggest bet team in the future book. So we got a pretty substantial loss there on them. And the Chiefs, who were the favorite, been anywhere from 6-1 to one down to 2-1. to one. They were bet throughout the entire year, too, being returning champs. And uh, they were our second biggest bet team, so we have a loss on them. So we're not in a particularly great spot, Greg, for this, yeah. the future, as far as future books concerned, but that's okay. Um, you know, we're, we're going to book the game normal. We're not going to try to shade any side or another. Uh, we're going to let those future books just take care of themselves. 
Yeah, and, you know, the one thing I'm curious, too, because obviously you mentioned at Kansas City they won the Super Bowl and there was a lot of buzz about them becoming a dynasty. The minute after they won Super Bowl 40, excuse me, Super Bowl 54 against San Francisco. So as a bookmaker, it's probably a little easier to see. Uh, everybody had Kansas City pretty much as the favorite for Super Bowl 55 the minute it opened. But I'm curious as to how you guys moved your market on Tampa uh, the minute the Brady news happened, because obviously we see these numbers hung really the minute the Super Bowl the year prior goes final. So uh, how did you kind of handle the news in March? Because obviously I imagine when you opened the uh, Super Bowl market back in you know February of 2020, you couldn't have foreseen Brady ending up in Tampa Bay. I think we were sitting about 20 to 1 or so when uh, the, when the announcement was made he was coming over, and we dropped it. Uh, we were already taking money on it. So some people okay. actually – some people already had an idea that maybe that was a spot he was going to go. So some actually had the insight that, uh, you know, Tampa was a spot before we did. But we dropped him to 14 when the move took place. That didn't stop anybody from betting him. Uh, they continued to bet him. They went all the way down about eight or nine. And wow. then during the season, you know, their start, you know, wasn't the greatest start for them. But, um, you know, we raised them back up. I think they were as high as 15 or 16 again. And then, it, you know, they caught fire again towards the end of the season. And I think we had them about 12 or so or 11 by the time the season ended. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously these two teams being teams that – we discussed are pretty heavily wagered on by the public with regard to the Super Bowl future. So can I safely assume that conference championship Sunday, seeing both these teams uh, cash for betters on the conference championship tickets, was that kind of a, a similar kind of loss or were team were betters looking towards some of the longer prices on the conference tickets? Yeah, no, they, they bet them in both of those two, but those weren't anywhere near the type, sure. you know, total action that to win the Super Bowl was. Understood. As Johnny Avello joins us here on Full Slate, uh, the director of race and bookmaking operations at DraftKings. We're continuing to get a feel for what things are like on the other side of the counter for Super Bowl 55. Johnny, before we get back into the nuts and bolts of this game in particular and where we're headed as far as the side and the total, I'm just curious. You've been obviously on this side of the counter for a while, as we discussed at the beginning of the podcast. Anything that you guys do differently in the way of hanging numbers and your offerings, you know, just take me inside the mind of a bookmaker when it comes to the Super Bowl, obviously the most wagered game uh, of the year in any sport. Super Bowl is a little bit different for a bookmaker than the regular season. Uh, and I'll give you a for instance and use this game in particular. Uh, before Saturday, I was thinking the Chiefs would be a very small favorite over the Bucks. Possibly one or one and a half. Uh, you know, the Bucks are playing at home. Not giving them a lot of home field advantage, but at least a little bit. They're going to be, uh, you know, comfortable with the field they're playing on. They're going to be able to stay in their own homes, whereas Kansas City's not going to have that luxury. The fans are going to make no difference whatsoever. So that's why they don't get, you know, the full three points or so they would be for a normal regular season game. Uh, but – the Super Bowl line is about what have you seen lately? And what we saw lately was the Tampa Bay Bucks struggle at the end of the game with Tom Brady throwing three interceptions. And we saw the Kansas City Chiefs just tear apart a good Buffalo Bill team. 
Uh, and so the line was actually raised from that one and a half or so to possibly up to three and a half as the opener. Right. So if this was a regular season game, Kansas City Chiefs would not be three and a half at the Bucks. Understood. I can certainly get the thought process there between, between you know, taxing on a little more uh, in terms of the point spread with Kansas City. Uh, one other thing that I, I kind of want to get a feel for, and I think this is something that, you know, a lot of betters probably grapple with over the two weeks, is when to bet. Uh, and I'm wondering, I, I, we did see some, as you said, three and a halves. It looked like uh, a lot of books open at uh, and, and it looked like there were some 57s, 57 and a halves out there regarding the total. And it did look like there was a little bit of Tampa money, a little bit of under money. It looks like most shops are sitting at three, 56 and a half, 57. Uh, take me through a little bit as far as when that money came in. Was that just, and if you guys experienced that at DraftKings, was that just immediately off the opener, uh, people gravitating towards uh, Tampa getting that hook and, and a total being a little, a tick high maybe? We're actually high on the Chiefs, uh, and we've been bouncing back and forth between three and a half and three about three times, which, to be honest with you, I don't like uh, because we're, you know, you don't want to expose that number three. But, you know, we've been doing it because there's been money coming back and forth that way, and we're trying to find the right number to settle in on. So right now we're at three and a half. Uh, if you're, you ask me where a better should look to bet this game if he's looking for a certain team, I would say if you want Tampa Bay, you take the three and a half. If you want the Chiefs, you lay the three. I don't think it's going to go any lower than three on this game, and I don't believe it's going to go any higher than three and a half. It, if it was going to go either way, it would probably go Chiefs more of the favorite. Uh, the total is going to be bet over. Uh, the wise guys, uh, under normal circumstances, take the under. They'll probably take the under here also. Sure. They did go under 57 and a half. But 56, at 56 and a half where we are now, it's been all over money. Uh, and the last thing I would say, uh, if they wanted to bet the money line, that's something I might wait on because normally the dog gets bet here, so Tampa will take some money, and the Chiefs will probably drop down a little bit before game time. You know, Johnny, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's something I've seen in playoff games in the National Football League and in college football playoff semifinals and finals. You see those money lines uh, kind of tweaked a little bit and a normal three, three-and-a-half point line if you think the dog might be trendy, therefore garners a, a little bit less of a plus price. Is that something that you've noticed all across the board from sportsbook to sportsbook can be pretty common in the industry? For the Super Bowl, the the un, the favorite is notoriously less uh, equating with the spread than any other game during the sure. year, because we've known from past experience that the dog gets bet in this game on the money line. So we try to keep a tight line, but we also try to keep the uh, the favorite a little lower than it would normally be. What are some things that you've noticed just in terms of? Uh, when the money comes, I mean, I, I talked about how it looked like there was some money. Obviously, I think this is true in the regular season, too. You, you're probably going to get money that comes in right when you open lines on certain games. But particularly with the Super Bowl, you know, here we are now. We're sitting down recording this on a Thursday night. What's the week been like as far as money that's coming in? Or do more people – obviously, we kind of know public bettors like to wait – until game day or close to it. So, but you have this two week window here. And I always wondered when a lot of the money comes in for the Super Bowl. 
You know, that's an interesting question. I can answer that in two ways. When I ran the uh, the Win Las Vegas and other casinos, other sports books in, in Las Vegas, we would get a flurry of money when we first hung the line, which would be before the before the AFC or NFC championship game, whatever was last was finished, unless it went down to the last play. But normally we know the matchup, and we've got this lineup, you know, two three minutes before the game ends, uh, and then we take a, a you know good flurry of bets. Uh, some six, maybe low six-figure bets, five-figure bets, and a lot of people trying to get a bet in before they leave town, knowing that they're not going to be coming back to town within the next two weeks. Um, and then it just sits. Yeah, there is some action, but for the most part, it just sits for a couple of weeks with bets coming in here and there. Uh, maybe a guy will call you and say he's going to come in and wants to bet a half a million or a million, but you still don't see him till the Saturday before. At DraftKings, totally different. Uh, you know, being a digital company and not only being in retail locations, but being in 12 states, this number is just out there for everybody to see. So it's continuous action. We right. get a lot of action on this game every single day. You know, from that end, I, I feel like obviously if you're traditionally in person, behind the counter, you might have a better feel for who some of the respected players are. But as you said, DraftKings, it's out there for anybody in the states where they can participate. Uh, is it a little harder to kind of identify the smart money? How has that kind of been like for you working with DraftKings now versus your previous stops? Smart money is very easy for me because I don't need to see the person. All I need to do is see the bet. And that's sure. so – uh, you know, a bet tells me how sharp a guy is, especially if there's a pattern. Um, so, yeah, it hasn't been any different. Uh, you know, being in a business as long as I have, I think I can recognize when a, when a sharp is wagering. Obviously, the other thing, or probably one of the bigger things for people when it comes to betting the Super Bowl is the prop market. Uh, it has gone in all sorts of directions with the options. It just feels like every year it continues to grow as far as what you can wager on with the Super Bowl. Just before we get into the specifics of this year, how have you noticed in your time uh, as a bookmaker, how have you noticed the, the prop market grow? I'm sure that's, that's uh, you've seen quite a bit of, of growth there. Yeah, you go back 25 years or so, there was 10 props on the board for a game, Super Bowl game. You know, and then the then the field expanded. Now when I came over to DraftKings, you know, we're putting up an extensive, extensive menu on every single NFL game every single week. So we're given, you know, a half a Super Bowl menu every week. And so that's why uh, when you go to our site right now, we've, we've had all these props up now since Monday. We keep adding. We're going to continue to add. But, you know, you'll go on our site now and find three or 500 different offerings. We haven't even gotten to the second week yet when we're going to continue to add, you know, another 500 or 1,000. There'll be a couple thousand ways to bet this game wow. by the time it goes off. Yeah, and that's on the, another thing I'm curious about. When it comes to all these options, how do you guys make some of these decisions as far as what you're going to offer and, and how to offer it? I mean, there's all sorts of different fancy wagers that players can make now. How do you guys make some of these decisions as far as what's going to be on your menu? One one good thing about having a team repeat in a Super Bowl is that you're you're familiar with that team, you know all the players, and uh, you 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 don't duplicate the exact number, but you know who you're going to use 
uh, for different props. And uh, in this particular game, there's no shortage of superstars and guys you can use offensively and defensively. Uh, as far as making the props, we've thought about everything you can possibly think about. And then again, there's more that we haven't thought about because there's always something new. Uh, and we will have something new. Uh, and you can go to our site and find those new ones next week sometime. But it's just about, uh, you know, getting the team together and uh, putting numbers, making the actual prop, what it, the prop is going to say, and then actually putting the odds to associate with that prop. You know, as we're talking with Johnny Avello here on Full Slate, the Director of Race and Bookmaking Operations at DraftKings, you mentioned the high amount of superstars in this game, and that's another thing I'm curious about. With the game that garners as much action as the Super Bowl does, let's talk about some of the traditional props, passing yardage props, passing touchdowns, etc. You have Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey on the Kansas City side, and, of course, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, which was part of the reason that Brady going there garnered so much attention was the cast of weapons that he was inheriting. So can I ask, when it comes to those players and, and those superstar talents for the Super Bowl, and obviously this is not the first time that we're seeing a Super Bowl with some big-time skill players in the game, how do you adjust your prop numbers, uh, if at all, uh, for a, a, these players in the Super Bowl versus the rest of the games that they play in the regular season and the earlier playoff games? Well, a couple of things you look at is that, um, you know, they're average for the year. But then you need to look at what's been going on the last three or four games because some of the quarterbacks start finding a go-to guy. Uh, and maybe it's a go-to guy that hasn't been a go-to guy during the regular year. So you have to take that into consideration. And then you have your guys that maybe were on, uh, you know, on the bench for a while because they've been hurt. They were on IR. And so you have to look at these guys coming back and maybe the last game or the last two games, uh, you know, they weren't at, at, you know, full speed, but now they are. There's a lot of different things to look at when you make these props on these different individuals. And how hard can that be? I mean, I feel like on one hand, obviously the, the side and the total, those are numbers you're hanging for every football game of the season. But when it comes to these props, and, and I've always felt like sometimes the prop market can be a little less efficient because one play can really change a player's total as far as yardage in the snap of a finger. So what sense do you get about how hard it is to hang numbers on on those yardage props and, and, and receptions and things like that uh, compared to just your typical point spread and, and total? Uh, it's the Super Bowl, so it's a bit different. A guy like Tom Brady, you know, these two teams did match up once before. So we've got a history this year how that they went against each other. A guy like Tom Brady, you know, we could have put him anywhere from 285 yards to 300 yards. Uh, we settled on 295 and a half. Patrick Mahomes could have been anywhere from 315 to 330. We settled on three and a quarter and a half for his yard. So, you know, it's it comes back to that Super Bowl mentality where if this was a regular season game, maybe we would have been more on the lower end than the higher end. Everybody wants – nobody wants to bet Patrick Mahomes passing yards under or right. Tom Brady. One other thing that you mentioned there that I want to pick your brain on a little bit is the history of these two teams playing in the regular season 
Kansas City going to Tampa Bay and winning that game. Uh, and we also saw regular season rematches, a pair of them in the conference championships with Tampa Bay winning and Kansas City winning for the second time in as many tries against Green Bay and Buffalo, respectively. How, if at all, does that help you when it comes to hanging lines in playoff games, particularly the Super Bowl, when you have that history uh, from you know a, a previous data point from just a couple of months ago? I don't think it helps me much because the uh, remember that the Packers uh, beat the beat the New Orleans Saints twice and then lost the third time. So uh, it doesn't always it's, it does eventually you know the team will end up beating them. Sure. Uh, so to beat a team twice in a season's not that big a deal. I, I think it's the third time that's the most difficult. Uh, but when these two teams played the first time, you know the Chiefs uh, won the game by three points. But the Chiefs kind of dominated the game. They were they were up 17 nothing early in the game, and then Tampa Bay came back with 14 in the last quarter. Uh, Mahomes had like 460 yards passings, um, so it was a it was a huge game actually for both guys. I think Brady Brady had 345 yards passing, three touchdowns, and a couple of picks. Uh, so we kind of have to look at that game somewhat. But we also have to always go back and look at, the, you know, the average of the guys during the regular season. I'm curious, too, I just want to get back to the props a little more here. Uh, we talked about the side and the total and, and how you get some money that comes in off the opener. And, and then for the most part, it kind of just sits this week is, is kind of what it seems like is going on. But as far as the props are concerned, when do you – because I remember last year there was a big – decision on Patrick Mahomes rushing yards which he ended up uh taking knees at the end of the game Kansas City winning and um if you had you you know depending on which number you got you know because he had the negative rushing yards you would have still if you got in early enough on going over Mahomes rushing yards you would have still cashed your ticket but if you took the closing number you would have lost based on the kneel downs I'm just curious with that example in mind how soon does prop action start coming on the Super Bowl it comes as soon as you put them up. Uh, so, but I mentioned, you know, a lot of guys in Vegas put them up today, and that's the first they're going up with them. So, uh, you know, they'll have a flurry today on their props. We've had these up since Monday. So sure. we've already taken a lot of action, and we can, we just continue to add to the menu. And as we add to the menu, as those new ones go up, if the if a player likes them or he likes he thinks there's value in one of them or two of them they'll get played. Um, but we're taking a lot of money on them so far. And I'm curious on that end. You mentioned taking a lot of money on the props already. Do you look? At, you know, does it impact you at all when it comes time towards adding to the menu of props that are available for the players based on what you've already seen come in and what props are already being hit, or, or is there really no correlation there? There isn't. I like doing it this way because. Instead of having to put them all up at the same time and the customers have to go through all of them, which is very difficult, it's better if you give them a, a, a half menu like this and then give them, uh, you know, a 10%, keep adding 10% uh, for the next five days or so. I think they like that better, too, because it's very overwhelming to, to stare at a 1,000 props. Well, and the other thing, as you mentioned, that I kind of – has me thinking as 
when you're behind the counter, I would imagine that would help you too. Because if I'm somebody that wants to keep looking as a player and I want to keep looking at what's available, well, I might take 15, 20 minutes and scroll through one day and I might see what you have. And then I'll come back the next day and take another 15, 20 minutes and look at whatever's new. So if I keep coming back and more stuff gets added, I'm prob- there's a greater likelihood that I'm going to see all of it. I'm just thinking from the player's shoes as opposed to if you throw it all at me at once, then I might just take a one 10-minute skim, pick what I like, and-, and that would be it. So do you get the sense that there's more eyeballs on these props when you release them little by little, like, kind of like I was saying? I'll tell you a little secret, Greg. I want you coming back. I don't have to say any more, do I? <laughs> no, that's that's that's. I totally get it. I I certainly understand that. As far as popularity with what you offer over the years, I know the national anthem always seems to be one that comes up and uh, is one that always kind of gets hit a lot. Uh, what what have you noticed? Even if it's just, a, I'm sure the passing yards and the receiving yards and all that always get hit, but what have you noticed about some of the more, you know, Super Bowl-specific props that seem to be popular? I'll tell you what the, What I've noticed. Uh, the one that seems to be the most popular, and it was the most popular during the regular, regular season, and we had a lot of Sundays where we have seven-figure seven loss on this prop. A lot of Sundays, most Sundays. And it's the, uh, the player to score the first touchdown. Sure. Uh, so that most likely is going to be uh, the biggest betting prop of all of them if I'm going by what I saw during the regular season. Another thing I'm curious about on props is we got a few more to get to here with Johnny Vello, the director of race and bookmaking at DraftKings. Uh, Johnny, last year I, I can specifically remember uh, there was a leak that came out about the uh, Gatorade color. Uh, and there was a – I forget what color it was, but one of the colors was getting steamed, and I think it ended up losing anyway. But I'm just curious. Take me inside the mind of a bookmaker when, for whatever reason, these leaks get out about, you know, color of the Gatorade or, you know, is the player going to shake hands, the quarterback's going to shake hands or whatever, the stuff that you really just have to have some inside information on one way or another to deal with. When you guys see that kind of a prop getting steamed, do you do anything in terms of, you know, how do you react to that? Well, I'm not that concerned with, with that type of a bet getting, uh, you know, that type of a prop getting bet hit because we don't take, you know, big money on it. Most sure. guys are betting 50 or 100 bucks on a prop like that uh, because that's just a novelty prop. Right. You know, we're going we're gonna to have others like that up there. Um, but – to make a prop like that, first of all, you need to see or have an idea of what color, what color Gatorades could be used. That's first. <laughs> right. And you're just never going to know uh, what it is until things on the Internet start leaking. But that doesn't mean they're true. A lot of times stuff comes out that's, that's false information. Uh, so, we, you know, those type of props, I call them just fun novelties because the money we take on them is, is just uh, – small potatoes compared to everything else. Take me through a little bit 
and this is a little more general, not just Super Bowl specific, but take me through a little bit of the mindset of a bookmaker when that inside or well, quote unquote inside information, if you will, starts being leaked. I mean, today the big story in the National Football League was Deshaun Watson requesting a trade from the Houston Texans, and obviously, I, I, you know, plenty of books will offer a prop on his next team. When it comes to things like that, free agent signings, trades, or, or novelty props like the Super Bowl, and 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 there start to be some inside information that might get leaked one way or another, first pick in the draft, certain years, whatever it may be. Uh, how do you sift through the weeds there? Because as you said, it's not all true, but how do you kind of get to the bottom of what might be true or what's complete bogus? Uh, you know, we do our research. Once there's some word out there that something's happening, we do our research too. We're on the internet also looking to see if, you know, where this is all coming from. The first thing a bookmaker does is takes takes it down, uh, makes an adjustment, and then puts it back up. Because we know that it has to be go back up, and it has to go back up quickly. So we just take it down just to make sure that the information out there that we're hearing is either true or false, uh, and then put that back up as quickly as possible. That's pretty much all there is to it. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's uh, always going to be – some rumblings out there about things happening, and uh, some of it's true, some of it isn't. One last thing on props as we wrap up here with Johnny Avello, the director of race and bookmaking at DraftKings. Johnny, I, how over the years, and if at all, maybe this year, in terms of the novelty props, do you have any anything newer or, or fresher in store? You know, difference, you know, different props that you haven't offered in the past, or have you guys not figured those out yet? No, we're going to have some stuff up. You know, we've got things like the doink special. Will any field goal uh, hit the uprights? Uh, We've got what they call a fat man TV, a TD. Will any offensive lineman score a TD? Uh, Will any offensive or defensive lineman score a TD? So we've got two different props up there. Um, You know, so we'll, we'll keep adding to the menu. Got some trick play specials. Sure. Total number, yeah, total number of guys to throw a pass, uh, two and a half guys. So that's the two quarterbacks plus another half. So who else might throw a pass? And so, you know, we've got we've got things like that up there. And um, we'll have some things you've never seen before, but you we won't have those up until next week. One other thing I'm curious about on some of these props, I think a lot of players are probably every year, especially those that – are just kind of casual players and, and, and whether it's the national anthem or, um, you know, number of times gazelles on the screen or whatever, there's probably players that are wondering a number of times Tony Romo says whatever for a prop, whatever it may be. I think there's probably some players that wonder how you grade those. Like, do you, do you have, take me through like the operation in terms of, the staff and, and whose job it is to, you know, time the national anthem. Like, how do you do some of those things? Yeah, you know, we haven't got into that prop you mentioned where they show somebody, you know, a certain amount of times. That's one that we have not done. Okay. Uh, we have done the uh, national anthem, and obviously it's, you know, the national anthem is uh, sung for two a minute and 59 seconds or 57 seconds, and uh, – that is recorded, and that is, uh, you know, rec- it's graded by how many minutes and seconds it goes. We try to do things that mostly happen on the field that are easier to grade, because some of these things, like you mentioned, 
you know, uh, how many times did they show Giselle? Uh, you know, somebody might say four, somebody might say five. And, you know, and maybe they showed her, you know, in a in a commercial or something. Does that count? That's why sometimes you get yourself in a jackpot if you, if you get a little bit too tricky. No, I, I could certainly understand that. And uh, I could certainly imagine uh, wanting to just have props that are easily gradable available. Uh, Johnny, when we, as we wrap up here, I'm just curious as far as the action and just the way the players decide to divide up their bankrolls. What have you seen in for this year and for years prior in terms of uh, the way players wager on the Super Bowl? Does, is it a lot of side and, and total action or, or have the props become more popular and have more players kind of uh, ventured down that path? Well, the props have certainly become more popular, but uh, the side is going to be the biggest uh, betting entity of this whole game. And uh, that'll be followed by total and uh, money line. The other stuff's going to grab quite a bit of action, too. We may take, you know, it's possible we take a half a million dollars on an alternative line Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we're at DraftKings, we're about taking bets. So, we may have some inquiries, and if anybody out there listening is interested in betting, you know, million dollars on this game, please get a hold of me because, uh, you know, those are the type of bets we like to take. But there'll be, uh, you know, the, the action on the props will be robust. It just won't be as much as the game itself. And lastly, Johnny, we ended, we started talking about the side, and, and let's end there. We're right now, it looks like sitting at three. Uh, Kansas City laying the short number. Where do you kind of see this number going? We still have 10 days, and I imagine we're going to see some more action move in as we get closer to kickoff. I know we don't have the same fanfare this year with the Super Bowl week and media day and all that, but I think the Kansas City offensive line situation is absolutely something you want to monitor. Uh, So just take me through, because we have two weeks here to kind of gather news that might come in regarding these two teams. What are some key factors that you think might be important as far as handicapping the side and and trying to get a feel? Like I mentioned, the Kansas City offensive line, just things that you want to, you think players are going to be looking for as far as news tidbits that might come out the next ten days. Well, we know Mahomes is fine. Concu- you know, forget about concussion protocol because we sure. saw him come out and play a beautiful game against the Bills, so he's very healthy. Uh, they did have a problem with a couple of guys. Uh, you know, I think their offense, one of their offensive linemen, key guy, uh, he's out. Uh, and they also have another guy, defensive guy, I believe, that's also uh, that's questionable here. So, but I don't think that if you like Kansas City, I don't think that stops you from playing a team like that. Um, you know, where's this line going to go? I think this game probably closes, and nobody knows for sure. But I think this game closes probably Chiefs three and a half, total 57, and money line probably down around 160 Chiefs. Uh, that, that'd be my best guess on where those three main markets will go. He's Johnny Avello, the Director of Race and Bookmaking Operations at DraftKings. Kind enough to take a few minutes out of his busy week to chat with us here on Full Slate. Johnny, appreciate your time. Good luck to you and the rest of DraftKings for the Super Bowl. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Greg. So thanks again to Johnny for joining us and discussing 
what things are like on the other side of the counter for Super Bowl 55. He also added at the end of our call, it wasn't in our recording, but to check out the DraftKings free pools if you are a customer or become a customer uh, after listening to this podcast. Check out all the free pools that they have to offer with regard to the Super Bowl and ranging all the way down to Major League Eating. So this has been Full Slate. Myself and Bill Christie will be back with another college basketball podcast on Saturday. Everyone, enjoy your weekends.